0: This podcast represents the opinions of Katie Allen, PA, and guests of her show. The content is for informational purposes only and in no way sets up a patient relationship. Consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Now, here's Katie Allen. Thank you for that introduction, Jay. Although this episode is strictly for the mamas, talking about the tummies after having babies. Although you are free to stay and listen, Jay. So the end game of pregnancy is that these mamas are blessed with the wonderful gifts called children. But they also get these other gifts called loose abdominal muscles and excess skin stretch marks, to just name a few. Today we're going to kind of focus more on the mommy tummy. And by the way, for those of you who are completely confident with your abdominal area post-having babies... Good for you. This episode is probably not for your liking. The rest of you who aren't so happy with that unwanted present that you were left with, like loose skin, I got you. Let's talk. Welcome to Make Me Pretty, Tomboy Turn Plastic Surgery PA. I'm Katie Allen, your host. I've been a PA for over 15 years working in and out of the operating room. You can find me on Instagram at Make Me Pretty Podcast or on Facebook at the same Make Me Pretty Podcast or www.makemepretty.org. So the focus of today's episode is on the mommy tummy, the raisin belly, the pannus, the fupa. Baby belly, muffin top, abdominal shelf, wraparound tire, the pooch. You know, anything with slang terminology has at least got to be a popular topic. So, before we go on talking more about this mommy tummy, let's get something real clear. There is nothing about this that is supposed to be about body shaming. If you are pleased with what you have again, let's all cheer for you. I'm happy for you. To each her own. Does everybody's body change during pregnancy? Yes, it does. For the good, the bad, and the ugly. And yes, you can be. Absolutely proud of what your body has done Because you grew a human being And no one feels 100% during their entire pregnancy For those of you who feel best when you're pregnant Explicit, explicit, explicit I don't know what to even say to you Good for you Okay, so the body's going to change But on some people it changes more than others And sometimes there's a less desirable effect than others too Typically the skin and the muscles of the abdomen Are stretched in each and every direction And it's worth worse with each additional pregnancy, and it's worse with multiple births. If that skin stretches more, there's going to be a problem. If the muscle stretches more, there's going to be a problem. And all the surrounding organs, too. But again, that's another topic for a different day. So what happens to those visible tissues during pregnancy? Well, the short of it is is the abdominal muscles and the skin stretch to allow room for that baby to grow. Then there's the addition of those hormones changing. And what all they do to the tissues, too, to allow things to stretch, whether it's the ligaments and the other surrounding tissues as well, that cause for the laxity to that area and other areas in the body. So the muscle and fascia of the abdomen stretch but the primary stretching, if you can imagine, up and down the parallel vertical strap muscles of the rectus abdominis. One runs uh, vertical on one side of the umbilicus, and then one runs on the other side of the umbilicus. And as those muscles kind of stretch apart, it's allowing room for that baby to grow inside of your body. A lot of times they don't really want to totally go back together. So In between those two vertical strap muscles where kind of you have the belly button and above and below that, you can kind of have a separation that's there. A diastasis recti. That's the fancy word that you'll find on Google that basically says you've got this separation there. Now, most people are going to have that separation when they first give birth, and many times that kind of will start to uh, those muscles will start to come back together or closer together over time. That sometimes is really up to a year before you're seeing that come closer back together. It really never goes back to exactly what it was on anybody. But where that's worsened is in uh, certain people, sometimes at shorter stature, but especially if you see folks that have uh, multiple births, like with twins and greater, but there's multiple factors that uh, go into this. Another common occurrence that we see is kind of the shelf uh, that's at the bottom of the abdomen. And this is again seen with each additional pregnancy, this typically worsens as that tissue is, uh, loosens, but it's also seen more predominantly in those that have had a C-section, because there's a C-section scar that's underneath there, and that tissue often tethers. OBGYNs these days are taking such time to try to create pretty scar to that area, but come on, guys. Their job is to help you get that baby safely delivered and to watch for your care. So that's not primary on the list, and, and I don't want it to be. It, it needs to be the baby and you first, and then we'll worry about the closures. It's very likely that there's going to be a shelf that's created from the scar tissue that's there. And then it makes that tissue kind of protrude or want to hang over the top there in most people. Some folks get away with having a fairly uh, flat tummy. Sometimes with one child, you can get away with that. Sometimes more than that, especially in the standing position. But what about when you're on all fours? Yep. That's what I said. So that's the definite check there to seeing how loose that tissue actually is. Now, if you are confident in every position and you feel happy with things, then good for you. You need nothing done. Just be confident. Pat your friends on the back and walk away. But for those of you that are dissatisfied with the way that your abdomen looks, let's talk about a couple of things that come up, options that we find at least in a plastic surgery facility. I know of no lotions, creams, or different things that can be a benefit, really, for once that shelf is, is created, once you have something hanging and that there is loose enough skin, that it's truly going to make it better enough to cause satisfaction. Now, obviously, there are exercises that can strengthen the abdominal core muscles, but if there's a true diastasis recti, that's not really going to take you. But so far, I do believe in time, you know, as we get closer to the year time frame and sometimes farther, hormones kind of settle out. Maybe there'll be some improvement there. You know, moisturizers to the skin, can they help? Maybe a little bit. Can uh, radio frequency devices and other type lasers help some with the appearance of the skin? Maybe slightly, but I'm really talking to the person who has such significant loose tissue that you feel frustrated that you just don't know what to do. And I'm going to help you try to really come up with the blunt, honest answers And that typically is surgical. Sorry, but that's really where it is. Feel free to waste your money on other options first. And if you are able to get back to a place that you are happy and healthy with fitness, well, good for you. Some of us kind of accept our flaws, move forward, and are okay with that. Uh, But with significant tissue to that area, let's come up with some options. So can you do liposuction alone? I get that question a good amount of time. If you have a shelf that's there where that tissue is hanging over, and from a side view that you see a bulging, forward or outward? No, not if you really want a great result. What the liposuction can do is it can debulk fatty tissue to an area and maybe make it look okay and a little bit better in your Spanx. But as far as like really helping the shelf itself uh, and decreasing and flattening out that tissue, no, that's not going to help. Because again, we have a muscle problem. Liposuction is only going to help the fatty tissue and removing that on top of the muscle. And really what our problem typically is more skin. And then looseness of the muscle. So, to me, really, when it comes down to it, there are again several different other options. You can always talk to a local plastic surgeon about what the best option is for you. But To me, your three options really come down to the tummy tuck. I kind of smile because I go, don't be so upset about things if we have options and there are things that can make you happy. Again, if you're happy with what you got right now, no need to move further. But I don't like to waste uh, money or watch people waste money on procedures that I don't feel like are effective. You're still going through downtime. And again, there's money that's kind of thrown to the side. I do think there are some things uh, that can be beneficial for the surrounding tissue and to decrease some of the volume such as liposuction and cool sculpting, but when it really comes down to the looseness of the tissues um, with pouch or if you have a raisining kind of of that tissue to the lower abdominal area, then I really think typically a tummy tuck is really what's in your future for the best outcome. And that's what I'm going to kind of focus on for today. So there are three main abdominoplasties, which is the fancy word for saying tummy tuck. And I'm going to first start with a full tummy tuck to just describe to you the best that I can without you being able to see a visual. In the world of you YouTube, feel free to look those up. I'm sure that I can post something at a certain point. But for now, basically, you're going to think of a tummy tuck as going, gosh, those loose tissues are there. What am I going to do about it? Okay, the area that we do not get to on a tummy tuck is similar to that prior episode where I talked about liposuction. It's the area that is underneath the muscle of the abdominal wall. So, the area that's underneath the the abdominal wall is your organs and all of the fatty area that basically protects the organs. So it's kind of acting as a cushion. But if our diet and exercise is not that great, then maybe we accumulate more and more fat. We're not going to be able to get down to that. That's a diet and exercise thing. And I just want to address that to say, you know, if you have a protruding, if you've noticed a significant amount of weight gain in the years following giving birth, well, that's a different story. And that's something you still can discuss with your plastic surgeon about whether or not it needs to be addressed prior to doing a surgery. So that's separate. Now, when it comes to the abdominal area, so a full abdominal plasty is done with an incision that is made if somebody has a c-section below the area of the c-section, okay? So somebody is placed to sleep in most instances. So it's under general anesthesia. The surgery is usually around three hours. Now that's give or take a bunch because sometimes a little bit of additional work is added here and there. So I'm just going to give you kind of this rough estimate, maybe two and a half, three hours, something like that. So general anesthesia with a board-certified anesthesiologist. That's the important thing. So you're put to sleep. Typically, a Foley catheter is placed there. Now, the reason why that's important is because that deflates the bladder of any urine that's been accumulated, which helps to flatten out the area, which is safer for you in one way and also helps the surgeon to see things that are flattened out so you can get the best, flattest result. The greatest thing about this is all of our goals are the same, to obtain the flattest, prettiest belly possible. Yay! We get the goals straight up. So again, you're going to go to sleep and dream lovely things. Then the surgeon comes in and make an incision that is below the line of where a C-section would be. And then the tissue is divided up and basically all of the surgery is performed on top of the muscle. But that skin and tissue that is basically on the abdominal area is lifted up. Don't think about it too much. It's lifted up. A little incision is made around your umbilical. Kiss so of that belly button. And that umbilicus still stays, that belly button still stays connected to your body, but is separated from the outside tissue. But again, it still stays, that is your belly button, and it stays connected to your body. The surgeon then divides up that skin and little layer of fat, usually up until about the xiphoid process, so kind of at the base of the rib area. And then the muscle of the abdomen is looked at, that rectus abdominis that I kind of talked about. So again, these are two parallel straps of muscles that go on either side in the vertical direction of the uh, umbilicus and that can be sewn with permanent stitch from about the xiphoid process down to the umbilicus, and then on the other side of the umbilicus, that inferior portion, down to the pubic area. And that tightens those muscles to the area that is often caused with separation from having a baby before that uh, muscle has stretched out. So again, that area is permanently stitched. Then the bed is bent into kind of a, a small... Tacoing of your body, uh, but all in a comfortable position. So try not to imagine that too much. But it's basically a bending of the bed so that the surgeon is able to pull down that abdominal tissue as tight as they can and then remove the excess tissue from that area. So that typically removes any C section scar if somebody had one. It removes usually a lot of stretch marks. Now, I'm not going to tell you it removes all of them, but a lot of people's stretch marks are primarily located in the lower abdominal tissue. So a lot of times it really does get rid of a lot of that, the stretch marks for folks, which is a nice. Little bonus there. And then the umbilicus, that belly button that's still attached to you, is brought up through a new little opening and then it's sewn together. So it's still your belly button, but it's brought out through a new hole, if that makes any sense. And then the tissue that is left at the bottom is sewn to the lower tissue. Now, I can say, at least in the practice that I work in with Dr. Glenn Walton, that a nice little bonus is performed that I won't go into too much, but basically a little pubic lift uh, where also the top of the pubic area is is thinned out very safely, trying to make sure to preserve all the feeling uh, to that area. And that area is thinned out and then a little lift is performed. So nobody minds having a little bonus of that because otherwise it looks like it protrudes too much. Another little thing that sometimes is added or more frequently is added is liposuction to the hip area and the flanks. Not everybody has to have that. That's not really the abdominoplasty at all, but I just like to add it that in there that sometimes that does occur. And in the abdominoplasty, we do we, at least in our practice, typically place about three drains. That decreases the chance of somebody having a seroma or a hematoma. Those drains are your friendly enemies. And that basically means they help to let us know what's going on on the inside. They decrease that fluid accumulation on the inside so it helps the raw tissue stick to the other raw tissue. If you get a collection of fluid on the inside and it just sits there, it kind of gets in between the sticky stuff. And then the sticky stuff doesn't want to stick. That's a problem. So we really like the drains. They're kind of particularly Annoying for our patients, but they're just kind of a must. And when we explain that to folks, they really understand. But again, we want the best results for folks. Those trains usually stay in around a week, maybe two weeks. And uh, folks, we, we're removing larger abdominal tissue. We usually place folks in an abdominal binder soon after surgery. Recovery time everyone wants to know about that. I say it depends partially on how bad do you want it. <laughs> no, a, a lot of it is what kind of job do you do uh, or what kind of skills things are you needing to get back to? That's a big deal. That's changed. Even the 15 and a half years that I've been in plastic surgery, I've seen a change with an increase in women in the workforce. So that question becomes a bigger deal as to what does somebody's job look like? What is somebody doing? Or, you know, do they have young kids or are they staying at home? or their children older? And uh, what are they trying to get back to? What are their goals? Do they have any uh, sports activities coming up. So these are all the things we kind of have to think about. I often say it's nice if somebody can take off for about two weeks. That's not always an option. If somebody has a laborious job, four weeks is better. You know, I don't want folks going back to kind of minimal exercise till about four weeks, you know, abdominal exercises till at least eight, but often 12 weeks because we really want that area to heal. But we will make sure folks are able to get back to most regular exercise uh, in the weeks following, but we gradually take people through that process. Now, because because so many people are working or they have young children, etc., 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 we want to know about some other options that may not have as much downtime. The thing that is the most sore from an abdominoplasty is really the sewing of those muscles. That makes a difference to having the best outcome especially in those folks that don't have good integrity of the muscle or maybe like they've had multiple births, things like that, where that tissue has really been stretched out. That's when I would just say, you know what? You really need a full abdominoplasty. That's usually going to be the best result with most people. But I will say for those who say, I just really don't like how much the skin is stretched out. My muscles are pretty okay and I need to get back to work sooner or my children are really young and I really want this done now, but I just can't be down as long. Then there is the potential to have something and the mini plasty family. And I think there are two major parts to this. That umbilicus, that incision around the umbilicus is not made. So you're leaving the umbilicus, that belly button intact, and you're really just making that incision that is in the lower part, just like where it would have been made before. It's below the C-section. You're still usually putting someone to sleep, although sometimes we can do it with folks awake. But in general, putting folks to sleep, they're relaxing. The table is still bent. We're taking off as much of that excess tissue, which helps with the shelf at the bottom of the abdominal area. It does not really affect the upper abdomen. This is one of those things that's really for the, uh, to me, very fit person or the person who just says, you know what, I realize that it's going to be a a less than remarkable result, but I really don't like this shelf and I want to get rid of this. And I'm okay with maybe being not as flat on the top. Not everybody qualifies for this. Sometimes liposuction can be formed to parts of the top portion, uh, but there is always caution used in certain areas because of the blood supply that comes down for the abdominal tissue. Now, one other possibility that gets the tissue to the upper part of the abdomen and the lower part of the abdomen, as far as the skin goes, is what I should say, but does not address the abdominal muscles, which helps just get you back to doing stuff a lot faster. But Again, we're not sewing the abdominal muscle portion, but it would basically be where an incision is made around the umbilicus. That umbilicus, that uh, belly button stays attached to you. Bed is bent. Incision is made prior to that in the lower part of the abdomen. Uh, Skin is pulled down as tight as possible that skin is removed, a new opening is made, your belly button is pulled out through that opening, but since the muscles are not sewn together, you have soreness, but not as bad as you would have as if the muscles were sewn together. So again, it's another option that addresses still the skin to the upper and the lower abdomen, but maybe doesn't create quite as much of a flattening of the abdominal area. I just like folks to know that uh, each of these procedures does require a drain, at least in our practice. And again, we believe that's a safety measure for you. So when's a good time to have an abdominoplasty or to start thinking about anything, uh, especially surgical, after having a baby? Well, My opinion is to wait at least a year. And and you might want to wait longer until the child's uh, a little older and doesn't need as much uh, primary attention. But I'd say at least waiting a year, in my personal opinion. Now, there is a, a lot of opinions that are out there, and mine's not necessarily right on this. My feeling on that is to allow hormones to kind of balance back out and to start regaining your fitness level. I also believe some of that is just important for the physical sake as well as the mental sake so that you can get the best result possible and feel the best about it. So if you're interested in doing something about the the belly post baby then i would suggest meeting with a board certified plastic surgeon that is close to you with a great reputation and having them assess you a consult usually has a standard fee you set up that consult with them and then they can assess you uh yeah does it feel embarrassing to get naked in front of somebody for them to assess your belly Ah, i mean you've had a baby at this point so that's up to you i guess if you're feeling embarrassed but usually to try to make you feel as comfortable as possible and then they're able to tell you what they think is the best thing for you. You know, again, seek out a reputable surgeon. That's key to getting the best advice. It's also important that a board-certified anesthesiologist be present um, on induction. Uh, And then when you're waking up, I really feel like that's key uh, to making sure that your safety is under control. Fitness and a healthy diet are always important. And you know, if somebody's not living a healthy lifestyle, then there is no surgical intervention that will help make somebody look their very best. This episode really is primarily to clarify uh, procedures. And when somebody's saying, hey, can I get away with these other things uh, besides an abdominal plasty after having a baby? I like to clarify it by saying, you know, in general, if there's a lot of loose skin there, to me, your best bang for your buck, the thing that's going to make you also the happiest is probably going to be something in the abdominal plasty family. But there are some other options that as long as you're okay with those, it's fine. Sometimes diet and exercise uh, and getting back to it, people can be happy with that, and that's great. Um, This is, again, mainly just to clarify that, yes, if there's a lot of loose tissue that's there, uh, surgery is really the thing that is going to be the most pleasing of an effect. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Make Me Pretty, Tomboy Turn, Plastic Surgery PA. I appreciate you joining me each and every time that you do. Please take time to write a review. If you have a moment, I do appreciate it. And yes, it does help me. Next episodes will be more about some dangling tissue, but on a simpler topic. Do your ears hang low? So we'll talk about that a little bit later here in the next episode. You can find me on Instagram at Make Me Pretty Podcast and the same on Facebook and find me at www.makemepretty.org That is a website that is under construction. Hopefully we'll have some merchandise coming for you soon. Hope you listen again on further episodes. This is Katie Allen for Make Me Pretty podcast.